especially loves the ones who have been forgotten. He wants, he just pours out extra grace and extra joy and extra gifting. So we thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for making all things beautiful and for, for inspiring people to go and reach the forgotten ones in the garbage dumps. So, um, we are going to get to hear from Susan. So, oh, oh, could, could someone help, um, two guys help move the podium? We want to get out of here. Thank you. All right. Manly men. <laughs> Oh, oh, she wanted it down? Oh, wait, wait, come back. Come back. I'm sorry. Oops. I misunderstood. We've been married 31 years, and I still don't get it all the time. I'm sorry. There we go. There we go. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Is this good, Susan? All right. All right. So um, if you don't know too much about Susan, she is uh, leads our Sozo team for Blazing Fire. And yay, yeah, how, how many of you folks have, have been blessed by that? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I see, I'm seeing some enthusiasm here. <laughs> yes, thank you. And she, and Su Susan also, um, she's the one who got me started doing dream interpretation. Uh, I guess it was about 10 years ago now, a little longer than that. So outreaches. Sozo, and all kind of flows together, this inner healing and evangelism and all these ways that God wants to work. And, and, uh, and, uh, and Susan's day job is a, a vision assistant, like a, a, P, a PA, like a doctor, able to see patients. And so she gets a lot of stories from that, too. I love Susan's stories. So I'll hopefully we'll get to hear some tonight. Um, so I'm going to go work on trying to get the PowerPoint working. And did you want to start recording? And we'll let you know. Actually, before I get started, I actually, I felt was feeling like God wants to do some healing tonight. And how many of you know what word and knowledge is? Right? Okay. So we're going to do that tonight um, before we get started. Which means um, if any of you today, like today or maybe during the service, started feeling something in your body, or maybe a thought came to you that you don't normally think about, anybody have, or I want to, in fact, I'm going to ask God right now, would you start reminding us if there was something you've been trying to communicate to us about some healing you want to do here in this room tonight? So if you're like, oh, I, I have had a headache and I don't usually get a headache. So if anybody has something like that going on with your body, why don't you come on up here right now? We're going to do it real quick. Check it out. Come on. Anybody with knee pain, back pain? Anybody? Come on up. There you go. Oh, come on up. Just, um, just come on over here. Let's come up real quick. While they're coming up here, I'm going to mention I was feeling some some jaw pain, like some left side. You can turn around the other way. Yeah, there you go. Left-sided jaw pain earlier. So now, as these guys 
guys um, share these things out. If that's you, if that's something you have, have, a, have that pain on a regular basis, stand up as they're, as they're calling it out, okay? So you have any issues with your left jaw or maybe an upper tooth? Maybe that was another thought. Stand up. Here, why don't you go ahead and share. So where's, where were you feeling something? Oh, my bag. Low back? The bag. That's not usual for you. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fear of tumors. Huh? Fear. Just fear. Ah, so you're afraid. Maybe from something in your family or something like that. Stand on up. Left foot and particularly the toes. Okay. You're feeling of what that might be? T- pain? Okay, pain in the toes? Okay. Muscle ache. Muscle ache in your neck? My knee. I was fine when I walked here, and then like, hey, why? Where did that come from? Left knee? Left knee. Okay. (laughs) Okay, knees. We got knees covered. Yeah. I I kind of had the opposite. I was thinking I'd been Okay, so frontal, front, front of your head pain. Okay, so what I'm going to have the people, everybody stand up if, if one of those things was going on for you and pain anywhere that was called out. And I want everybody around you to go look around and go start praying for those people. We're just going to do this real quick. And you guys too, if you want to go out and start praying. So Jesus, I'm just, I just thank you for how you want to send your fire now. Oh, pour out your anointing on these people. Who? Ho. Ho. Sha, sha, sha. More fire, God. More fire. More anointing for healing. Who? Let your life, let your life pour through them. More, Lord. More, Lord. So. Keep praying. Keep praying for a couple more minutes. Lord, I ask that the anointing would increase now. Just increase the anointing, God. Who? Who? check in. As you ever praying, talk, stop and check in with a person. See if anything's happening. If you're feeling heat, that's a good thing. And we ask for more, God. 
you guys doing? Is anybody feeling any healing? Where are we at? Yeah? You want to come on up and share? What's going on? Anybody getting some healing? Feeling some heat? Anybody? Raise your hand. Who? Who? Yeah? Russ is going to come with a mic and find out what's going on. (laughs) We want to encourage each other. We want to build our faith up. That releases more. Uh, My my left knee's been giving me trouble for, for quite some time. better is it? Oh, 50%. 50% better on the left knee. Jesus, we're asking for 100%. 100% God. Anybody else? Anyone else? Anybody else have anything going on? They want hmm. Wave your hand. Wave your hand so we can see you. What's going on? lifting heavy things and there's still heat from after her prayer.
I, Lord, I thank you that you're increasing our faith and our confidence level, that you really do show up when we ask you to, because we are your kids, and you love us so much. So you can go ahead and sit down and go back to your seats if you like, because he's going to keep healing, isn't he? Yeah, he totally is going to keep on healing all of us. Whew. So I'll just, I'll just pray now. I'm going to you can go ahead and start, I guess, the CD. So, Lord, I am just asking. I don't even know if Russ knew that much about what I was going to talk about tonight, but um, that whole theme, God, of expanding our hearts and, and making ourselves more available to more of you, God. We all want that. We know it's already our reality, but yet we are still moving into new realms, new levels of experiencing it on a daily basis. The more of you here on earth, God, we don't want to wait for heaven. We do not want to wait whoa, for heaven to start experiencing oh, the fullness of you, God. We are hungry for more now. We're satisfied and we are hungry, God. Oh, and I thank you, so are you. So are you. For there's the same way, God. We want you so that to give us whatever we need tonight to make a greater revelation of how present you are for us and with us so that there's more than we can ever imagine even imagine us. So I kind of titled this um, The Great Exchange. And of course, the most incredible exchange that it's like hard to comprehend took place when oh, we first said, God, come on, come on and come into my heart. And what did we do? Well, we said, here's my life. Will you come in? That's what we did. And guess what he did? It. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he came in then, but how many know? We're not the same as we were back then. We keep getting more. Yeah? Oh, we keep getting more. And the thing I, I love about Sozo is in Sozo, we get to keep, give people jump starts on getting more. That's really all we do. We just jump start a little bit. Oh, because we do that in worship, we get more, don't we? We open ourselves up in worship. That's why we love worship. Oh, you can come in here dry and weary and discouraged, and you just open up your heart and go, there, and you receive more. But we're going to talk about that tonight. Ooh, because as we're receiving more of him, it's like we need to keep making room for the more of him to keep coming in. Ooh, and he's already given us every spiritual blessing on high, but how many of you know we get that by revelation, by increment, don't we? The revelation, the understanding of the fullness of those blessings he wants to pour out of us. Every time we open the door, every time we lay something down, how many know he comes and fills it with far more than we could ever give him? That's what he does. We 
give him this much, he gets us that much in exchange. Ooh, ha, ha, ha. So we give, he gives us beauty for our ashes, right? Isaiah, he gives us the oil of joy for our mourning. He gives us the garment of praise for our heaviness, our discouragement. Ooh. He gives us a heart of flesh whenever our hearts gotten a little stony and cold. So, I'm specifically going to talk tonight about, oh, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship he gives us. Oh, for this, for the orphan spirit. Whoa, for the orphan spirit, that thing in us that sometimes we just don't feel like we quite belong. We know we belong, but yet sometimes we're really coming to understand we belong with our heart. Now, my kids were born before the day that ultrasound was real popular, okay? I the first two, they weren't even doing ultrasound. So when the first one was born, we didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. We had no idea. And we also, at that point in time, we had no idea that we could actually hear God. Like, it didn't dawn on us. We would just pray and expect God to show us the name of We were in an evangelical church, and people just didn't talk about hearing the voice of God. So we just didn't think about that. But um, there was only one name we could agree on. So we're thinking we're being difficult with each other. We could only come up with a boy's name. We just couldn't agree on a girl's name. Now I look back and go, well, that was God. He wouldn't let us think of any other name because he already knew who Nathan was. He already knew him from the very beginning of the beginning of the beginning of creation. He knew who he was. There was only one name we could figure out for call him. And then when I got pregnant the second time, I have only one name, this time a girl. Only one. Couldn't come up with a boy's name. We could agree on this time. And again, no ultrasound. We didn't know it was a boy or a girl. And then, lo and behold, Cameron. We're thinking, oh, we're lucky again. We're wondering, what are we going to do if we can't figure it out? <laughs> it turns out to be a boy. What are we going to do? Because hmm. sometimes they come in like two hours after you had the baby to ask you to put the name on the birth certificate. And then third time around, still no ultrasound, didn't know, boy or girl, we could only agree on one name. And what a coincidence, huh? Each time it worked. Hmm. But you see, God had known each one of those kids. They were conceived in his heart long before they were conceived inside of me. He'd known them forever. And he'd already called them by name. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us And in the message, it's like this. 
long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He was thinking about you when nothing was ready this morning. He already knew you. He saw it. He knew every single one of you, who you were, what your name was supposed to be, who your family was, what your lineage was, the gift that your personality was like, yeah, that one's mine. already settled on you before mom, dad, grandma, and grandpa could even imagine you were going to ever exist. He'd already settled on you to be the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his beloved son. See, we're all conceived in the heart of God. He created us. He made us. He dreamed us into existence. But when we're born here on earth, we're born orphaned, aren't we? We're born spiritually separated from him. But from that moment on, he is calling us back to himself. He wants to adopt us back into the family because we're orphaned. You only need to be adopted because you've been orphaned all orphaned, whether or not you had a mom and a dad and all, but spiritually, that was that orphaned thing in our spirit. And of course, when we get saved, we're adopted back into the family, but sometimes we carry that wound still, and it's a process of getting that thing healed, where you get the real revelation that I really do belong. He really did choose me. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit chose you to be in the family. You are like part of the family of his dreams. That's unique. He chose you. And sometimes, though, we know it, but we're still kind of carrying something inside that makes us think we've got to prove something, to belong, prove something, to deserve anything good. And um, we're all in the process of really getting it. I mean, how could we comprehend what it would mean to be the delight of God? It, it's beyond comprehension, but we're getting it bit by bit. And I want to just share some things tonight that might help us take a step further in the process. He has amazing plans for you, sons and daughters of the one most high, and a destiny that's all your own. But the, the foundation he wants to build that upon Identity needs to grow out, to be rooted in belonging and knowing we belong and knowing no one can do anything about that. Look at um, Romans 8, 15 and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of a bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. He's your daddy. You know who your daddy is. He's your daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, you know what that makes you? That makes you his heirs. Heirs of God. 
joint heirs of Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We want to get to this place where we are so living out of that confidence that we are sons and daughters. I think it was uh, Georgian last week that said, you know, we're all ambassadors of heaven. That's who you are. We're all like embassies, right? Heaven lives in you. Heaven lives in you. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you are, um, you carry his name. You carry all the rights, all the privileges, all the honor of his name, of the fullness of who he is. You are a co-heir. Let's look at Ephesians 1, 11 and 12, moving a little bit farther down Ephesians. In him we have also obtained an inheritance, being predestined, according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Now, I came into an inheritance some years ago. natural inheritance where my great aunt, I hadn't known her for 40 something years, hardly knew who she was, and I get a letter in the mail that I'm coming into an inheritance. Well, it so happened she died without any children, so her estate was divided up with her, between her all her siblings, which there was a whole bunch of them, and that would have been my grandmother, but because my grandmother had died, the inheritance went gone to my dad, but since my dad had died, it went from what would have been my dad's was divided up between me and my sisters. And it wasn't that much by the time it got to us, whatever, 160th or something is whatever it was. <laughs> but you know, all I had to do was sign my name. It was mine because it was an inheritance. I, it was my family. It came through my family line to me. Nothing that I needed to do but sign on the dotted line. But there was one person in the family who was a troubled soul, I guess. And she just, I don't know what she was thinking, but she just thought that there had to be a catch. She thought she wasn't going to get what was due her or or that she needed to make sure she got her her fair share and she just didn't think it was going to happen. So she kept off, she kept on lodging all these complaints with the court and problem after problem that caused all kinds of headaches for the poor executor because he's the sweetest guy in the world. It took a whole lot longer than it should have to work all these things out. It cost a whole lot more money than it should have also. She just couldn't sign and just receive. And sometimes we have a hard time just receiving what he wants to pour out upon us. It's, come on, there's a catch. I need to do something for this. I mean, can I just receive it? Is that okay? And the answer is yes, but how many of you know there's a positioning that takes place to receive? There's nothing we need to do whatsoever except open our heart, but we do need to open our heart to him. Yeah. So now we're going to go back to that slide. There it is. We're going to look at Gideon. We're going to look at Gideon and see what happened with Gideon. 
came into an understanding that he really was a son. So this is Judges 6. This is a time where it, they're going through a pretty deep recession, probably perhaps not unlike what some of us are going through right now. Um, do you, I think Gideon's part of the Abiathites, whatever, that was his family. Um, but this was a time when they were under attack on an ongoing basis by the Midianites. Every time they'd grow a crop, Midianites would come in and take it all. And so we find um, Gideon here, he's hiding. He's hiding his stuff from them so they can't come and steal it. And this food, he's thrashing his wheat in the, in the wine press so at least he can eat and feed his family another day. So um, an angel of the Lord shows up to him and says to him, The Lord is with you, Gideon, hiding in the wine press mighty man of fearless courage. And I'm sure Gideon's going, yeah, right. Right. Hiding here, scared I'm going to be killed. Scared that they're going to steal everything from me. Mighty man. Uh-huh. Okay. And Gideon says to him, oh, sir, if the Lord, if the Lord is with us, I don't think he's really convinced this is the angel of the Lord quite yet. And in all honesty, most of the um, records I've read are references would say most of the time in the Old Testament when it says angel of the Lord, it's actually probably the Lord. In fact, in this particular scripture, it kind of goes back and forth. Once, One time it's the angel of the Lord, next time it says it's the Lord. So, angel of the Lord, the Lord shows up. Gideon's not convinced of Oh, sir, if the Lord is with us, why is all this falling us? We're into hard, hard times. Things aren't going so well. And where are all his wondrous works of which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? I mean, that happened. Good stuff happened way back when, but what about for me? Where's the good stuff for me? But now the Lord has forsaken us and has given us over to the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this your might. Not even, not, he's not even hearing what he's saying. <laughs> Gideon's lodging a whole bunch of arguments and, and reasons why. But the Lord says, Go in your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? He's like, No. <laughs> Didn't know you sent me there, <laughs> angel of the Lord. Now, the interesting thing is a prophet had just come through town in the previous scripture just above. And the prophet came through town and said, I am the Lord your God. He was speaking to, the, to all the people. So Gideon would have known that this prophet had just come through. And this prophet saying, Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you've not obeyed my voice. So this is a time where there is nobody wanting to fight these guys. They're all scared. They're afraid they're going to die. They're just kind of surviving. They're basically in survival mode. So, so Gideon is thinking, I'm sure in the back of his mind, am I supposed to be this person that rises up to be a deliverer? Uh, right. He's got, he's got a few complaints, a few more arguments against it. Oh Lord, how can I deliver 
Israel. Behold, my clan is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So, yeah, I, I don't come from very good stock, Lord. <laughs> you don't know who I am. But the Lord said to him one more time, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Now these guys up, up above, it was saying, they're, they're like locusts. They come through the land. They eat everything. They take everything away, and they're left with the, um, Gideon's people are left with nothing to eat. So Gideon's starting to think, well, maybe this is a real prophetic word. I think I'll test the word. So Gideon says, if now I have found favor in your sight, show me a sign. Okay. So Gideon's going to give it a try. Okay. I, you know, he's not, he's really not convinced that this is God yet. He won't, he's, but he's willing to try. He's willing to believe a little bit. I'll step out on faith a little bit. I'll put one leg out of the wine press and maybe the next leg. I'm going to give it a try. Because God is telling him, you've already got all the potential in you to be a warrior. All you have to do is believe a little bit. Just a little bit. It's already there. It's already who you are. Just because nobody else in your family has done anything doesn't mean that potential isn't there already. Because it is. Kind of like, uh, like, we don't know who we're becoming, do we? We know where we are now. We don't know where we're going. So I found this little picture. How many seen, uh, who, who knows what that is? When kangaroos are born, they're just dinky, little tiny things. And then they hang out in mom's pouch. So that's a baby kangaroo. And you see the finger? It's just this little. There's not much to it. But you know, everything is in that kangaroo right now to become this one. It's all the potentials right there. All the potential to become everything you're ever going to be is already in you. It's just a matter of unlocking it, isn't it? It's just a matter of adding a little bit of faith, a little bit of belief, a little act of obedience here, a little opening up of the heart. It's going to come. It's all there. It's all, it's all the potential. See, sometimes we're looking for the right teaching. We're looking for read another book, and we're going to get it. Or it's going to land on our head, maybe. Maybe that's what Gideon was thinking. It's just going to land on my head. I'm going to sit here and, you know, something's going to happen to me. Something. But you are the raw ingredient that God wants to make the best thing out of. You. It's not going to look like anybody else. It's going to be you. Because each of you, like a unique seed, is going to grow a tree that is its own tree. It bears fruit like unlike any other ever been seen. See, each and every one of you. And I put this one up just for fun. That is a baby hedgehog. Huh. Can you imagine? Oh, it's so cute. I, but the, the adults aren't so cute, so I didn't bother with the adults. this one. How about this one? What's she going to grow up to be? What's going on in that little brain and those little eyes? Yeah? Is she going to grow up to be a president, an astronaut, a policeman, a teacher? I don't know, but it's 
all in there already, isn't it? Just needs to be fed and cared for, nourished. And who we are just grows up. Why? God's already looked down history. He's looked down your genealogy to see who you were from. Because he could see it all from the moment, beginning of creation. He already knew it all. He wanted you. He saw you. He chose you. Gideon had a choice. Okay, I'm being tapped to be something. I'm not sure how I feel about this, though, right? It's kind of scary. Feels safer inside the wine press. Well, it's obviously just the appearance of being safe, right? All the Midianites need to do is come in and look in the wine press. That would be the end, but um, it feels like it. You see, we we try and protect ourselves, don't we? Sometimes from our little our little our little scared hearts, our little scared hearts, little hearts. We get disappointed. We get discouraged. We try some ministry. It doesn't work out so well. Owie, what are we going to do with that? What do we do with our little owies? We can hide. Pretend it's not there, or we can open up and say, God, would you come? Would you come? And Gideon heard what the Lord said, I'll be with you. Hmm, okay. Hmm. That's his promise to all of us. He will be with us. He will be with us every moment of our life. He will be with us. And when we open up and let him come in and touch those little owies, Suddenly, it's not so bad anymore, is it? It doesn't work when we try and take care of it and fix it ourselves or pretend it's not there. When we let him into the place, it's like, oh, it's not so bad anymore, is it? So, so Gideon does this a little bit long, a little bit um, farther down that little um, that scripture. Um, Gideon goes and he presents a sacrifice. You know what he laid on that sacrifice? All that anxiety that was in his heart. All that being kind of worried, like he's going to get killed, he's going to starve to death. He had to lay that all down on that sacrifice. And God found that a very, very acceptable sacrifice. Because in there, let's see. did they made sacrifices to become to become to present themselves before the world now that was under the law of the old testament how many know in the new testament we don't do things like that what do we do we present the sacrifice of our heart to the lord right we just open up our heart present it to him when we have our disappointed feelings our hurts our disappointments we open up our hearts to him he says wow that's a sac- that is a very satisfactory when we give those things to him, what does he do with them? He comes, and he fills that spot. He fills that void 
gives us way more than we give ourselves. Woohoo! Yeah!
it requires great childlikeness of heart to be faithful to it. The secret of being made willing lies in a definite giving up of our will. As soon as we put our will onto God's side, he immediately takes possession of it and begins to work in us to will and to do at his good pleasure. Yes. We know it's better. We know his way is better than our way, but sometimes it's hard to really know. That whole trust word, right? The T word, trust. But we are growing in trust. We are absolutely growing more and more. And I think he likes it that way. I think he likes that we are growing, that we don't get it all at once, because that's what relationship's all about. How many know intimacy? You don't just, boom, have intimacy. You grow in knowing one another, growing into each other. That's Jesus did, did he? Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. There was a little struggle, I think, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was working that out with Jesus. But he surrendered. He said, my will be done. I know your will is better, Lord. I know it's better. And we know that when we surrender, he gives us back something so spectacular. It's far more than anything we could or make happen for ourselves. And so often, this process of uh, working out this acts, little acts of obedience, little acts of submission happens when thing, in situations we would rather not have to walk in front of. <laughs> right? How many have some situation right now you're walking through that you would really rather not be involved in. But how many of you also know who this is where God is showing up in you to show you how big he is. How big he is. And how much you are becoming more and more like him in every way. You know, it just doesn't happen when you're in la-la land never to be exploring. I'm, I'm sorry, I wish it would. But how many know our character is developed in the fire? He won't. He's promised to us he will never put us into a situation we cannot handle. Uh, probably if we try and do it by ourselves, we can't handle it. But there's the catch. We're learning to let him into every situation. And as we learn to let him in, then we can handle it because we're not doing it by ourselves anymore. What a difference it makes. Big difference. Um, there's a patient. I will share one quick came in about, oh, maybe a, maybe about a couple years ago, um, and I hadn't seen him for about a year, and he had some serious health problems, hadn't seen him for a year, and he had, I think the first time I saw him, I had to tell him, uh, he had a couple, you know, diagnoses that weren't, weren't good things, and they were going to require a lot of treatment, and he was paying a lot of attention to his health, and um, I said, can I pray for you, and I prayed for him, and um, Jesus went out in the spirit, and he just has really rededicated his life to the Lord. It's astounding. So, um, it's awesome. He came from a very godly family, too, but he's really, he really, um, you know, realized he kind of slipped away from God and came back. But I hadn't seen him for a while, and when he came in, I walked into the room, and like the glory of God is like 
coming often and hitting me, and I'm like, whoa, what is going on with you? Wow. You could just feel it. And um, he said, well, it's been an interesting year. But um, about a year ago, he was at work, and a woman wanted his job, so she trumped up a sexual harassment accusation. And just the nature of his work, it was a union, and um, they needed to do an investigation. And in the process of all that, he lost his job, lost his benefits, he lost his pay for a year. He had a choice to make, moment of decision. What are you going to do in a situation like that? That's not fair. That is so wrong. I mean, it would be so easy to just get pretty dang offended. <laughs> I, I would struggle with being pretty offended, but I will tell you. That in this case, what Eddie decided to do, this is what Eddie decided to do. He said, I went home, I got on my knees, and I asked God, what is it in me you want me to do? That was completely false. This guy is the sweetest guy in the world. I mean, he's just such a childlike sweetheart. And he did that, and he lost his pay for a year. Had to get another job. Didn't. Now, after a year, got his job back on complete um, God gave him justice to him. He didn't demand the justice. He didn't know what was going to happen in that year. He didn't know at all. But he decided he was going to wait and see what God was going to do for him. So all I can say is what it did for, for Eddie is like it almost knocks me over when I walk in the room to see him. That's all I know is he really has gotten allowed God to do that work in you. And I'm not going to say that would be what everybody should do, because probably sometimes, who knows, you should hire, I don't know, a lawyer or something like that. But Eddie felt that was the right thing for him to do. So Gideon, in this case, was willing to step out and say, um, you know, I've been thinking all these years I was kind of a nobody. I was kind of... Um, I was just going to be a, a survivor, and that was about it. But that first step, that first act of obedience, positioned him to start being surrounded by God's strong name, the fullness of God's name. He said, I am not going to protect myself anymore. I'm not going to be my own protection. I'm going to let God In its place, you have clothed your 
yourself with a brand new nature. Yes. And it is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ. The revelation is immense, isn't it? You just keep learning more. Who created this new nature within you. And and, uh, Colossians 2.12, we clothe ourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, purified and holy and well-beloved by God, clothed with the very same behavior and way of being that God himself has. We get to grow up and take on his personality. Yeah? We're getting it more and more. back at Gideon, just Gideon, just Gideon, he, he really laid some stuff down for that first sacrifice. So now God says to him, okay, Gideon, you're doing pretty good. Guess what you get to do now? You know that altar to Baal? Just go take it down. The one your father set up, because <laughs> your father is so afraid of the enemy that they allowed a lot of compromise in there. They don't want to do anything to upset the enemy more than the enemy is already upset with them. And no, everybody's been afraid to touch the altar to Baal. It's been hanging out there, and it's kind of interfered with God being able to bless. See? These areas of compromise have held back God's blessing, God's ability to move. like, I want to, I want to, I want to, just go take it, just go take it down, that's all you got to do. But everybody's been so scared to do it, because there's, there's a lot of them, and there's not very many of you here. But you know what God said? Remember what God said? He said, as one man, that was his promise, as one man, yeah, there's a ton of them out there, that was the word he said earlier to Gideon, you're going to take them out as scared, and he decides he's going to go at night and do it, So, but he does. And this is his own father's altar. He's going to go tear it down. The thing nobody else had been willing to do. So he goes and he tears it down. The next morning, everybody gets up and goes, oh, what happened? Somebody tore down the altar to Baal. Oh, no. Who did it? We're going to kill him. Because why? They are so scared something bad's going to happen. They've had enough bad stuff happening. They're afraid more bad stuff's going to happen. So, bring out your son. They find out Joash is Gideon's dad. Joash, bring out your son. They found out Gideon's the one who did it. Bring him out. We're going to stone him. But Joash, Joash says, wait, whoa, wait. Joash says, what are you going to do? Defend Baal? 
will you save him? He who will contend for Baal, let him be put to death while it is still morning. If Baal is a god, let him contend for himself, because one has pulled down the altar. One who clothes himself with God. One who believed God's word. One took down the altar. Nobody else. Not all of them put together was willing to do. One person was willing to kneel with a compromise in the camp. And now guess who's guess who's speaking up for him? Papa. Daddy. Daddy. We know when we want when we get promoted, we get promoted one step at a time. When you get graduating from college, you have to take a whole lot of classes, right? You don't just take one class and whoo, graduate. Our son just graduated from college. He had five years of some tough, tough, tough classes. He had to get through all of those classes to get promoted. And how many of you know we get promoted by God? watching those little steps of obedience nobody else sees. He's watching our heart. He's watching when we lay those things down. That's what we do. That's what Father God's watching. And that's what promotes us. Because you know what happens after after Gideon's dad said, hey, that's my boy. He did it. After that, then the rest of the people said, oh, you don't want to show them. You're right, right, you're right. Papa promotes us first. You see, it's those small footsteps of grace. Those small footsteps of grace that see the highway to heaven. Those little steps that nobody else sees or knows or understands. Those, char- those decisions of character we make. Yeah, they count so big with God. of me. Take possession. I'm willing to trust you, God. And he blew a trumpet, and the clan of Abiazar was gathered to him. Oh, the guy they were ready to stone a little bit ago? Now, everything's turned in the favor of, because of the favor of God coming on them first now. They're like, I'll follow you. They think, hey, he's, he's great. He's awesome. So dealing with our character can be tough, can be a tough thing to do. It can be, um, it can feel impossible sometimes. Actually, 
would have wanted to be in uh, Eddie's shoes and kind of have to face off with that. But it's amazing if we let God into those surrender it to him and let him communicate to us who we really are. It's so much better that way. Compared to what is now, there is so much more coming for each and every one of you. This slight, very slight momentary affliction is preparing for you a weight of glory beyond all comparison. Beyond all comparison. And I looked up the and it's actually better translated, this pressure, this stress, this stress you're under. So, preparing for you a weight of glory. A weight of glory. And that's not, I, don't, I just don't think that's waiting for heaven sometime. I think that's here. Here. That's for here. We're going to have it all there. It's just face to face. You know, we can hear. We can expect. No. Letting him into that pressure cooker place and not just trying to make it go away. We let him in. Look what he does to us. He just comes with more and more of his glory. Never more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. story we're all very familiar with, right? Where he starts out with 32,000 men, and God says too many, go down to 10,000 men, and then not too many, go down to 300, right? They walk the water, and okay, we're down to 300. Is it the lappers, or the, I don't remember, the lappers, or the sippers? Down to 300. But do you remember his word? One man. Do you remember the word? One man. He'd already taken down the altar of Baal. He had already laid down his anxieties. This is nothing now. See, those private victories he was accumulating in his life, those little acts of obedience, of doing what he knew God was asking him to do, of doing, of stepping out, they had so positioned him. This battle with the Midianites was nothing. This is easy for him now. See, he already established so much authority. Who he'd come out from hiding. Trying to protect himself, and he says, God, clothe me. Oh, clothe me with mercy. That's how we're going to do it from here on out. Ooh, Psalm 61 says this Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been a shelter and a refuge for me, a strong tower against the adversary. I will dwell in your tabernacle forever. Let me find refuge and trust in the shelter of your wings, in your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear, revere, and honor your name. We try and protect our own hearts. You know, it doesn't work too well. We actually kind of have to harden our hearts because we, we just can't do it. Yeah? We do it by kind of Safe, trying to avoid scary situations, 
but it really isn't true protection. It's God and God alone who can do this for us. Because we get him in the fullness of God. It's that revelation of all that he is. What's man that he is? Yeah, God is glorious. What's man? I did a sozo with someone once. And in the process of their sozo, they kind of laid down. We do run groups all the time. Walls is extreme. having a wall, having internal walls is extremely common for them. So we, we do this growing up. You gotta protect when you're going through hard things. You do have to protect yourself, and, and we need to establish those those sort of boundaries inside of ourselves. But as we grow up into God, it's time to let down some of those things because we start recognizing, oh, He does this so much better. Because when we try and do it our, for ourselves. So I did with this guy. He was doing this, and he said, "Oh yeah, I've got, there's this wall here, and I really don't want to put it there anymore." And so he always asked the question, "Well, what will God give you in exchange?" And he got this revelation: the river of life oh, was flowing over him in this transparent, weightless flow, like memory, just absolutely weightless and completely flexible membrane all around him. He's like, oh, and it's like love. There is love all over me. There is nowhere I can't go where love is just right there. The love of God is with me everywhere, are surrounding me. Yeah, in every situation. Yeah, this river of life, who he is, surrounds you. open our doors to God and we discover at that same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we would stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's glory and grace, standing tall and shouting, something, like you see a gate or something like that, say, okay, God, can I go in? 
Where's my garden? Show me what it looks like. Help me walk in deeper to it and see it more clearly. See what you're walking on. Are you walking on a Show me, Lord, if I put a wall up here anywhere that is smaller than what you have for me. Just ask him, am I ready to let you expand, push out that wall? How do you feel about that? Ask yourself. Do you want to see? just an invitation. Ask him, what would it look like if I let you extend the boundaries right now? garden that I'm always in with a tree and a little um, chair, white ivory chair around a tree and this little river that's around um, my the four walls of my garden. And it's really nice and comfortable there, and I spend a lot of time there. And um, then when you said, well, what would it look like if, um, or like what wall, like what would it look like if my garden, like if you wanted to extend the boundaries, and all of a sudden the Lord showed me this little speck on earth and he showed he was lifting like he showed me his angle like what he was looking at and I was a little speck 
and I had like no perspective of what the world was like all around me. I'm just this little speck and like everything's great. And so then he's like um, showing me like the walls are coming down and <laughs> and suddenly I'm like, I don't have any clue. I thought I knew what life was about, but I really don't know. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, what, what kind of garden do you want or what, what was the question? Or what did he think of your garden? Or what the new garden that he wants to, and then he showed me like a, a tropical. He said paradise, mm. and it was amazing, so beautiful. I'm like whoa, and I don't think I've totally t- tasted. What, I mean, I thought I've tasted a lot, but I don't think. I think he's showing me there's a whole lot more. And then I saw these children, and they looked like they were from like I don't know, uh, um, Spain or. Uh, Mexico or South America, these little kids coming up to me, and um, and then Jesus was with there. I'm like, where's Jesus? And Jesus had all these kids, and like, and they were from different nations, I guess. And they, and then um, and I'm like, and he was like showing me like, and then he's like giving me the children in this garden. So oh, it was really neat. It was really, it was very real. It's <laughs> sons and the prodigal the prodigal son story yeah you guys all know that story pretty well about the, the father who had two sons prodigal and then the other the elder brother the dutiful one that stayed home so both of these guys don't you know neither of them neither of them really knew uh, they were sons family, but there was some dysfunction for both those guys. So you guys all know the prodigal took off, split, and he got his inheritance and took off. And probably just, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm just going to go have fun because my life doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what I do. He didn't value his inheritance to them. But eventually it kind of ran out, and he was like, oh, dude, it'd be nice to be able to eat. So he went back. We know the father greeted him. He um, had the party for him. And um, bring the best robe and put it on him. 
give him a ring for his hand and bring the fatted calf, right? Party time. But the older brother is out in the fields, and he probably was pretty resentful of his little brother that whole time. He saw his little brother take off, and he's left holding the fort at home, and little brother's off having a good time with his dad's money. It's a little like my relative who just could not receive, just couldn't get it. The elder brother has been home the whole time, and that whole farm was already his. He was in co-ownership already with his daddy, but he didn't get it.
you feel that little rejection thing or that little feeling of worthlessness, by faith, grow your roots right past that thing into God. Oh, do not be denied, because he's right there waiting for you. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. And all of his hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Nor will be anxious, we might add, in the year of recession, recession has no bearing on our fruitfulness, does it? The garden in your heart has such potential. So amazing. But it is only one place to get it watered, isn't it? Your roots deep into the heart of God. That's where we get watered from. That's where we get nourished from. That's where we receive our comfort. That's where we receive our identity, our source, our inspiration, our fulfillment of this and we never run dry, ever, ever. We come in, we come in, we come in, and we come in deep. I'm just going to pray for us now. I'm asking, Lord, that you help us get it all deeper. We get a deep, get a greater revelation that what we think is enough right now. We know that we are satisfied with you, and we are hungry at the same time. We know there is this, this tension of being so content with you and so wanting more at the same time. But God, we also know that what we've experienced, what we have experienced in you to date is just the tip of the iceberg. So I ask that you would so give each and every one of us grace to send our roots deeper into you. Would you raise up our faith level to believe, to even insist, ha, I got to get into you more, God. I need more of you. There's an invitation to grow deeper into you, God. I just want to thank you, Lord, for each life here. Each life here that you delight in. Each life here that you look upon fondly. Oh, that you enjoy, that you take great pleasure in them. The gardens right here, each one so unique. So amazing. Smells so sweet to you. Whoa, I just bless each and every one of you. Oh, to keep expanding your gardens. Oh, with his help. Keep going farther and deeper and higher and wider into that love that never ends, that never stops. I bless you, Lord. 
encourage all of you. Whoa. Ha, 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 ha. So. To maybe break up into groups of maybe two or three and share with each other. Share with each other. What's going on in your life right now where you see an invitation to start sending 